Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juna Moms podcast, where I sit down for candid conversations with women who are experts in their field and share their specific knowledge so we can become better equipped to handle all things motherhood. Juna Moms is an extension of Juna, a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your trying to conceive pregnancy and motherhood journey. Today's episode was an emergency podcast about poop. Potty training my two and a half year old has proven to be a bit challenging for me in the poop department. So I called in Jessica Irwin from Rooted in Routine to help with this particular issue. I hope this episode is helpful to you in your potty training journey. Enjoy. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm very excited for our conversation. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. Why don't you just start quickly by introducing yourself and then I'll tee up the whole story. <laughs> Great. So my name is Jessica. I am the founder of Rooted in Routine. Mm-hmm. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist by training and I now try to help parents virtually all over the world with everything relating to routines for babies, toddlers, and little kids. I also have a two and a half year old son and I'm at the time of this expecting my second in about three months. Ooh, oh my gosh, you're almost there. Yeah. God, I feel like the, the second pregnancy blew by for me. And I remember like being so caught up in like the what's going on weekly with my baby, with my first pregnancy. And then with the second one being like, I don't even know how many weeks pregnant I am because like your toddler keeps you so busy. Totally. I feel the exact same way. I barely remember sometimes, although now I'm getting large. So (laughs) yeah, it's like it becomes a confronting, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is like an emergency podcast. I posted about this on our Instagram page because we are having, this is, this is going to be all about poop and potty training poop, but specific, this is like a specific problem that I didn't even realize a lot of parents have. And that is the, I will poop in a diaper. I'm happy to pee in the potty, but I'm going to poop in a diaper. And so I'm going to just tee up the story real quick. And then I would love to talk about different strategies and different things that that could be helpful. So my son is two and a half years old. We potty trained both both of our previous kids, so our now four and our now six-year-old. We potty trained them at two. We followed the OCRAP training, the OCRAP potty method or whatever. And we did three days and Granted, there was like a little bit of differences with my daughter, but ultimately that was like the framework in which we approached potty training at two. Had no problems. We had a little bit of poop problem. My daughter was like a little bit afraid. She started holding her poop. I gave her back the diaper. That was at like 22 months. I gave her back the diaper at two. She was like, I'm ready. And just that was it. So it was very easy in the scheme of things. Levi, my third child, he is my strongest of strongest characters. He, which I think like plays into all of this. I think like when you think about potty training and weaning, like when you're introducing solids, I feel like this is the first time our children have control, at least in their minds and bodies. This is something I can control. I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to hold my poop. (laughs) It just feels, and this has definitely been interesting. So we tried to potty train him at two and it was like the pee just was so easy 
that I was like, oh, this is so fascinating. But but it was easy because we were outside a lot. We still lived in California at the time. Levi was naked all the time. And he would be like, like we would bring it to his, he'd be like, oh, I have to pee pee. And so he would just like go pee pee in a bush. And so that he just knew when he had to pee. And then we just stopped putting his diaper back on. And the problem with that is that he never learned to sit on a potty. And like he didn't, he also didn't want to. He's like busy. He's got things to do. And so sitting on the potty was like, no, thank you. So I forget like the, what happened initially. Like he, he was like pretty afraid of the poop coming out. We'd gotten a couple poops in the potty. And then we were moving. And I was just like, you know what? Like I don't need this stress. Let's just let him like when he needs, when he wants to poop and he asks for a diaper, I'm just going to give it to him until we get to Colorado. And then we'll set up a new like formula, right? And so every time we did that, I would, he would then hold his poop for three or four days. And then have this like giant accident trying to get to the potty or it was just like terrifying for him. And I'm sorry, this is like a long monologue, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> so then I would be like, we, like I would talk to him about it. We would talk about the poopy in the potty. Like I, like I, I like took, I think I took two different courses on it and learned nothing new and nothing that was going to work for him. We, we tried it all, but then like I was like, Levi, like when are we going to be done with the diapers? The other kids started getting involved too. They're like, Levi, after things, we're going to do this over Thanksgiving, no more diapers. And then it was like over Christmas. And each time we'd have this like moment where we would take away the diapers, we would try, he'd hold it. And then we'd have this like giant, giant poop right at the end. So then, yeah, so that's where I like where I am now is he is totally pee trained. He goes to school, does not wear a diaper, knows when he has to poop. He comes over to me. He says, mommy, I need a poopy in the diaper. Put a diaper on me. He takes the diaper. He goes up into our bathroom and he like does this squat. I think it's also positioning for him is like the actual position that he wants to poop in. The toilet is not like conducive for that. He does it. He comes back downstairs and he says, take my diaper off. And then and then he wants to look at the poop. So I always let him look at it. And then we flush it down the potty together and we say, okay, go visit your poopy friends. So that is currently what we're doing. I like have just like I in my body, I'm like, I cannot like he he will do this in time, right? Like he's very much the kind of kid that likes to do things on his own time and when he's ready for it. But there are like when I posted about this on Instagram, I got like hundreds and hundreds of responses of people that were in the same boat some people that had come out the other side of it. And like, I got a bunch of advice and tips. Ultimately, like, I'm not sure I will employ any of them. I think like I will, like against all of my instincts, I'm just going to be like, okay, Levi knows his body and I'm going to let him kind of lead the way on this. And I'm not going to have a five-year-old that's pooping in a diaper, but like for right now, he's two and a half. Like I have, so anyway. So with all that said, I am sure that you have faced this. And I'm curious, like, what are, give me your general thoughts, and then we can talk about, like, some strategies. Yes, sure. And thank you for the detail, because it actually helps. Because as every child is so different. However, this problem that you have right now is very common. I don't know the statistics on it or the research on it, to be honest, but in my professional experience, in my personal experience as a mom talking to other moms, I've encountered this a lot. And in general, poop can often be harder for kids to learn than pee. Not always. There are some kids who it's the opposite or it's even. 
But it's essentially because it's, if you think about it, I'll give you a little kind of like backstory and changing your thoughts a little bit about the process. Pooping is like a really big sensation and process in your body, right? It feels like a lot is going on and it feels more intense than pee, right? So for a lot of kids, because of that, there can be a lot of fear or anxiety around the whole process of pooping in the potty. And as you said, for kids who are very strong-willed and maybe have that tendency to want to control, this is one thing that can be very common for them to control. Just like you said, so is eating. I see those two like the most common. So in general, when a child is struggling with this, first of all, know that it's very common. Like you're not alone if this is a struggle. And as you got like millions of messages. Yeah. <laughs> but what I think is the most important puzzle piece is like digging into the why you think your child is struggling with this. And there can be a few different reasons. It can be one or it can be many. Do you want me to go into those, some of them? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I have an Instagram post, I think that's fairly old, but it's like, why my child, why won't my child poop in the potty? And there's like four or five reasons that are pretty common. So the first one is that fear or anxiety piece that I mentioned. And it's the way I like to think about it is a child is scared to feel like something is falling out of their body. I've heard it compared to a child may feel like a body part is falling out or something that is inside of them is now falling out. If you think about when a child's wearing a diaper or a pull-up, it's pressed up against their bottom. And so when they poop, they feel it there, which is gross for adults to think about. But for kids, that's all they know. So that's their comfort zone. And so the thought of something not staying pressed up against their body after it comes out of them is can be scary. A lot of that fear and anxiety can just come from the unknown of not really fully understanding what's going on. And your son is still fairly young. Uh, potty training at two can work. It is a good age to start. But for some kids, I think there's a little bit of a lack of understanding of truly what's happening. Whereas I think a three, four or five-year-old might have a little bit more ability to understand really. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason why. And so I think just like tuning into the connection piece and like understanding if your child might have that fear or anxiety can be helpful just to understand where they're coming from. Uh, and then the other reason is. But so, by the way, on that, so for people that are listening that are like, that is my kid is very scared. What like would. I think like, what is a strategy to employ to help with the understanding is helpful, but is it saying things like, I can understand how this is super scary. Something's coming. Is it verbalizing that? And yeah, so I think both verbalizing it and you're, you said you're already doing that or you're talking through what's going on and where poop goes. But I find that really, it sounds silly, but really explaining the process of digestion in a kid friendly mm. way can help too. So okay. not just explaining, you're not just saying poop goes in the potty. Let's try to get our poop in the potty. But really starting from what is poop even and why do we poop? What happens? And so there are some really good books I can recommend. We can maybe you can link them in the show notes. Yeah, because obviously you're not going to explain digestion like to a two year old how you would explain it to an adult. But just the concept of poop is something that is formed from the food we eat. When we eat food, it gives our body energy and then there's some trash. Like we don't need some of the parts of the food that we eat. And so we poop it out. 
that can be really helpful because I do think there's a lot of the times they just don't know really what's going on. It's like confusion unknown. And so that piece is really helpful. Books can be really helpful. Even I don't know any off the top of my head, but there's probably like even videos that probably explain or show them the process of digestion too. Mm -hmm. Those two, like using a visual or a video can often be really helpful paired with like verbalization or narrating. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's super helpful. Okay. And tactical. So (laughs) good. Yeah. And then always just showing empathy and showing that you understand like verbalizing back to them their feelings is always a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like for toddlers. And so saying, I understand this might feel scary and you don't want to put ideas in their head. So there's a little bit of a fine line there, but I think that's always helpful too. Okay. Another reason that I commonly see kids struggle or resist not wanting, like wanting to poop on the potty is their body position. So it's so fascinating because just evolutionarily, humans were meant to poop in a squat. That's like how our bodies were designed. And if you go back like thousands of years, like we all used to just poop out in the field in a squat. But now when I've worked with kids who prefer pooping in like very random, seemingly random positions, and a lot of the times it's not sitting down on something. So really, again, just comes back to what they're used to. Their body might be used to pooping in a different position. And so the thought of changing that up and pooping on a potty can be scary. Just for a random anecdotal side note, my son is also two and a half. He, we're still working on it all, but he used to poop standing up in his diaper, like totally upright, which is and almost like on his tippy toes, which to me seemed odd because adults poop squatting or sitting, <laughs> but whatever, like <laughs> kids are all different. And yeah. so I do think there's a learning curve of, and an acceptance of trying something new. And for some kids that can be really difficult, like especially the strong-willed type. So A few things that can help with that if you're like, that's my kid. I just feel like they either want to stand or they want to squat or they just don't like the idea of sitting. The first thing is to really check what potty setup you do have at your house for them to use. A lot of the times I see parents using potty setups that are not anatomically ideal for a child. So ideally, we want them in the squat-like position when they're sitting on the potty. So that means their feet can't be dangling in midair. And their knees, ideally, whatever they're sitting on, whether it's like a separate potty or one of the kinds where it goes over the toilet, ideally, their knees are slightly higher than their hips. So if you think Mm -hmm. about that, that mimics a squat a little bit. And what I find is that a lot of the products sold on the market, like the toilets and things, don't really allow that, especially for littler bodies. Two and a half year olds are small, typically, whereas a four-year-old, it might be fine. So checking that can be really helpful at first and trying to just figure out like, is there something I can add like a step stool or do I need to put like you for a little while we used like yoga, a yoga block, like under my Mm -hmm. son's feet to lift his feet up so that his knees could then be higher. So just thinking about that piece is really important. And then also giving them choices can, can sometimes help too with the positioning. So like literally asking them like, Do you like sitting on it this way or do you like sitting on it this way? I don't know what you're currently using, but. We've tried it all. We have literally over the years, three kids, like everyone had different potty preferences. And and so because we potty trained at such a young age, we always had the floor potties because that was just where like these kids are little, right? To your point. And we're we're big squatty potty fans in this family. Right. And so 
I am very aware. But the problem is Levi does not like the small floor potties. He wants to sit on the bigger potty, but then his legs dangle. And I can tell he's as soon as he like realizes he's not, doesn't have like good footing. And, and, and this is my last kid. And I'm just like, do I really have to buy one of these like other contraptions to wow. make it? And I think the answer is yes. But I'm just like, oh, I just don't want. My husband will literally be like, if we buy one more potty, one more potty, I am I divorcing know. you. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about the Juna app, the app that makes this podcast possible. Juna is the premier app for every stage of motherhood with a 12-week trying to conceive plan and workouts, key nutrition information for every week of pregnancy and postpartum, plus six full video courses on birth prep, breastfeeding, newborn care, infant sleep, sleep from four to 12 months, and starting solids. The app is designed to be your number one companion from trying to conceive through your baby's first year of life. It also includes daily diaphragmatic breathing exercises, pelvic floor prep, daily tips, and notes from me that are relevant to the exact things you are experiencing. These are so helpful for easing any fears and preventing the dreaded gestational Google mania, that sickness where you can't stop Googling every little thing that happens during pregnancy. Juna is available for both iOS and Android. Just search Juna in the App Store or go to Juna.co. Again, that's Juna.co. The app is completely free to try for seven days, and if you decide it's not right for you, you can cancel any time within the first week. No questions asked. Download Juna today and get started. Now, back to the show. I know. And you don't have to necessarily buy something new, but I will say that's interesting that he prefers that, but then he gets up there and is like a little yeah. bit uncomfortable, which doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah, Think about big. Imagine trying to poop without your feet flat. Oh, God, No. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's why I'm always like, I'm like, I try and set him up. And then the stools that we have are just the wrong height. And so, and they like, if they like slide, like we weirdly, like the house that we're renting has, has like a kid's potty in, in between the kid's room. It's like a tiny potty. And, but the, but like the tiny potty is perfect for my four and six year old. It's still a little bit big for a two year old. And because it's so little, the stools are like too high. Too high. And I should try a yoga block because we have that. I should that I that is yeah. very easy. That's a good a yoga block or even just like a stack of a few like hardcover yes. books. Like it doesn't have to be an actual stool. You can get creative. And yeah, sometimes kids don't. It might not be a magic fix. None of this yeah. stuff is really a magic fix. Yes. Just as a side note, this is yeah. usually a problem that takes a little while to figure out. So none of the things I'm saying are likely going to be like a quick magic fix, but just that's one thing to think about. Yeah. Okay. And so don't, you might have to buy something new, but first, first try some look, getting a little creative. Have you also tried bringing it out into the living room or kitchen or wherever you guys are? Oh, yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's every possible. It is interesting too, because like my daughter was always like, I need privacy. And my older son was always like, come into my privacy. And he'd be like talking while grunting. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> so very different poopers. Oh. My, but Levi, I can tell Levi doesn't like, does not want people around when he's pooping. Like he goes up into our bed, into our bathroom. There's, we call it his poop throne because it's like our bathtub is like, elevated and there's an area behind it and so he just like, goes up there and I've even tried to put the potty up there it's just I want to poop in the diaper yeah so you backing on that thought too I think that a lot of times what happens is that we get so stressed as the parent like we're like oh my god how long this is 
going on week after week. And our anxiety and our stress level kind of rubs off on them. So I will. And what happens is then they feel even more pressure. And when kids feel pressure, they don't want to do something that you're telling them to just yeah. like eating. So I would also say it's okay to take a break. It sounds like what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, give it a few weeks, a few months, even depending on their age and whether you have other things that you need to like get it going by and just like back off. However, while you're backed up, while you're backing off, you can still be talking about like your own bowel habit and doing some of these book readings or some of the videos and stuff like that. But you're not pressuring them to actually go on the potty. And sometimes that break is just really what they need. Yeah, then that was what happened with my daughter. We gave her a two-month break, and she just came back to it and was like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready. And I, her and Levi are much more similar than the other one. And so I feel like that actually giving him the break, and I, not to my credit, to my fault, I like still, I'm just like, I, like it's like, go on the pot. I, so I need I to know. just like, like it's totally shut deal. up about it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like whenever I give suggestions for picky eaters or like parents who want to get their child to eat new foods, I, my advice is always you have to pretend you don't care. Like you mm-hmm. have to pretend that what they're doing doesn't bother you. Like you're cool as a cucumber. I don't care if all you ate at dinner was like two blueberries and you didn't touch anything else on your plate. Same with this. Like I have to pretend even though inside you're going to be like, <laughs> just yeah. do it. <laughs> you got to pretend you don't care. It is hard. Yes, totally. I, yes, I, I, it is so funny because I feel like with all things parenting, 95% of it is regulating yourself. <laughs> okay. What was the, cause you said there was four. So, so the other one, and I actually am curious whether this is relevant to you guys is if there's a history of any constipation in the past or just like painful poops that maybe they had as a baby or as a younger toddler sometimes that can also play a role for a lot of kids and what's tricky is like the definition of constipation is we think it's just not going every day or maybe having really hard to pat like hard pellet like stool but I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert in this area but from what I know is that constipation like a diagnosis of constipation can present clinic like can present very differently so your child may have had like a scary poop even one time can cause mm-hmm. them to be like fearful of doing it again. And what happens is they withhold because they're scared and that perpetuates the problem. And I don't know. It sounds like he is withholding now or was. He only when we took the diaper away. Like he yeah. as soon as he knows that the diaper is available to him, he's happy to. He's just OK, give it to me. And he's like very regular. That okay. p- the scary, painful poop happened with Kyla, and that was the thing that happened. He has definitely, like, when he goes through his holding and he's like three or four days, he then does have a hard, painful poop. But it is interesting because I feel like he now, actually, yes, pro- he probably associates that with not having his diaper because all, because it's he, when his diaper is available to him, he's, he, it's like he doesn't even worry about it. But I think. Now in his, and it's funny because like with my, with Kyla, I was like, I need that poop, that painful poop to be such a distant memory for her that it's, it's totally out of her brain. And it took two months. And so I think with Levi, it's like that experience needs to be so far in his like rear view mirror that like it's, he isn't even equating that. 
Yes, I agree with that. And what's tricky is that if you go back and forth for a little while, it like perpetuates the problem and then you have to like start from scratch. So I think ultimately bowel health is really important for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's up to a parent's preference and what they value. But I would say if you feel like you're like running up an uphill battle and they're getting they're like withholding it's getting worse and worse I think it's better to just stop like you did and go back and wait because we what happens is it gets harder and harder to fix once they're withholding and their constipation is really bad and that's when we may have to bring in like the pediatrician with potentially some medications and things like that and I've had parents have to go do like that kind of stuff which is fine but Literally, that was like I that was literally why I was just like, I'm not I know how bad this can get and it doesn't I can't hold on to this. Like I need to just give it like it's just like I do not want him to this to be an issue because it could be an issue forever. Right. Like these I feel like once you have some painful poops, it's like burnt. Like I know that painful poops are burned in my brain. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do that again. Right now in pregnancy, I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, girl. <laughs> it's, if you were to ask me the single reason why I was done having children after the third, it was I could not deal with the hemorrhoids and the constipation that I had in all three pregnancies. Like oh. it was my poor butthole was like, it just, it couldn't handle another pregnancy. I also couldn't handle another baby, but that's, <laughs> I'm going to blame it on my butt. <laughs> the, the butt is just as bad as the baby. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so then, yes, yeah, so constipation is definitely gonna I gonna be a thing in there. I I do I will say, and this is I really was trying to avoid the Miralax. And again, like that is a solution. It's not my favorite solution in terms of getting them like regular again without painful poops. I also started, and I put all three of my kids on this now. The Begin Health probiotic. Yes, I've heard of them, actually. Uh, Yeah. And honestly, my older son, who does struggle with constipation, like he's regular, but he, I feel like me, I never pooped in public when I was a kid. And my daughter doesn't either. But Luca will hold it at school. And then I feel like just holding it one time like kind of fucks your body up. Excuse my language. but And so he he gets into that like cycle of holding it and then all of a sudden he's held it. He's missed his window and now two days have gone by. And he has said that his like his poops have been so much easier for him. Hmm. This is not an ad for Begin Health. But I, I found them when Levi was holding and I was like, oh, I'm going to try this because like a good probiotic can't hurt any of these kids, yeah, right? I agree with that. I don't know specifically what's in their product, but I know it is marketed towards helping with constipation for kids. So yeah. that's really great to know that it's helping him. I think I'm not a pediatrician or a nutritionist, but I do think there can't be any harm in trying things like that, really. Always ask your doctor, but probiotic, even like fiber supplements in some way, or yep. like just making sure your child's, of course, the basics, hydrated, getting enough fiber, which is tricky for toddlers and movement. Those were like three ways to help constipation. Okay. That's helpful. Okay. And number four. Okay. So number four is, I, it's similar to the first one, but I'm, but a lot of times what I see is that kids have a connotation with poop that it's gross, like that it's mm. yucky or stinky or dirty. And so for adults, we're like, yeah, that's why it goes in the toilet, <laughs> if not in diaper. But for them, they're, 
all they've ever known is it going in their diaper. And so they, it's like scary almost and strange to see it like out Mm -hmm. in the toilet coming out of them. And so this is a tip I give every single parent. I think as a culture, we label poop as gross and yucky and stinky without even really realizing we're doing it. And so kids learn that really quickly. So just another kind of thing to think about is do you feel like they consider it gross and yucky and stinky? Are you referring to it as being yucky, stinky, gross? And there's a fine line because, of course, it's not, it is unsanitary, like, to touch it. And so we, you can be clear that, like, we don't touch our poop because that's a whole, that's a whole other topic that I've worked with before. But just that concept of thinking about whether they think it's yucky, stinky, gross, sturdy, and how you can change your language around it so that they are less fearful of it. Yeah, oh, that's a that is a good thought to say to me, and I'm sure other people listening. But because I definitely, especially like when I'm changing, I'm like, oh, that was a stinky one. Like I and like you say it in, but you're right, the language matters. So I have a stinky poopy. This is gross, and especially like there's a huge difference between ten month olds poop and a one year olds poop. Like Mm -hmm. a two and a half year olds poop is a poop. This is what my like. And by the way, he's because we did the potty like. He, he's consolidated his poop. So he has one poop a day and his poop yeah. is gigantic. It's like when I put it in the toilet, I'm like, these are bigger than mine. This is a, you got a little body. Like I cannot believe that came out of you. And I narrate all that. I'm like, wow, yeah. that was a giant, this was a stinky poopy. So I think, yeah, I'll be more careful with my language. Yeah. And that's so common. It's like we do it from infancy, too. And again, doing it like with a baby is, first of all, the babies aren't as stinky, as you said. But no, I think just thinking, don't matter how old your child is. I think that's a good reminder, even if you do have a baby. And now I notice my son, even he comes home from daycare and like in our house, we've been very careful not to label it like stinky, yucky, gross. But he hears that from others. So Mm -hmm. obviously he hears that at daycare, probably he hears that maybe at grandparents' houses. And so he'll now start to say, poop is yucky. And and I take that as a chance to actually correct him. And I'll mm-hmm. say something like, yeah, poop's not yucky. We don't want to touch it, but it's an it comes out of our bodies. Like, it's a good thing when it comes out. Uh, okay. Just like little trying to correct that because I yeah. don't want him to be, I don't want him to have a negative connotation with it. Totally. That's, yeah, that's really helpful. Okay, so I wanted to go through some of the tips that I had gotten from other people that had been through it, and I want to hear your perspective on them. The first one, I, the first one, I this was like the one I overwhelmingly got, and I like for me, I'm like that's adorable. I do not have the time for that. It's a no. <laughs> that's. But I'm sure that works. Anyway, okay, so the method is starting your, like, allowing your child to poop with the diaper on in the bathroom, letting them get comfortable with pooping in the diaper in the bathroom, then having them sit on a potty with their diaper on. They poop with their diaper on in the sitting position. It still goes in the diaper. And then, like, after they get used to that, they're comfortable with that, then you cut a hole in the diaper and eventually like that hole just gets bigger and bigger and then you take the diaper off. So it is like a, that to me is like a two month commitment to to getting your toddler to comfortably like her kid to, to like poop on the potty. And I get in theory that 
But I've like always been a rip the bandaid off kind of parent. <laughs> I can't like slow roll things. And so I'm interested. Have has have you your thoughts on that one? Yeah. So I have heard that one a lot too. I as a like in my training and in my clinical background as an OT working with toileting is what we call it in the professional world. That's not a strategy that like we were taught or that is like research backed. However, I've seen it anecdotally work. So I don't think it's bad. Just as you said, it does take a lot of commitment. And I think your child has to be like willing to go through all those steps. And it's a little bit confusing probably. So I don't know. I think I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I think if you're willing to try, go ahead. I'm not quite sure. I've actually never tried to cut a hole in a toddler's oh. diaper. And I'm wondering how that works. That is literally, I was, when I got these things, I was like, this seems like one of those things that somebody told somebody, no one ever did it. They just said it. Because I'm like, practically, well, how are you even knowing that where they're sitting, you're cutting it in the right, right. area? Like, <laughs> just- and I think ultimately this is a good way. It's a good way for, it's like exposure therapy, right? When we think about like, first they have to go to the bathroom and get comfortable. Then they have to get comfortable sitting. So I do that concept. Yeah. But there's still... I still think that kind of like digging down into the root cause of why they're scared in the first place and can work on lessening that fear and anxiety by lessening the unknown is still important. But yeah, those are my thoughts. No, that's helpful. It's funny. I'm like, I'm even blanking on like the 75 other things that people said. So I'm curious, what are the clinical things that you would put into place when working on toileting? So the first thing is really the importance of the with, of the withholding constipation cycle, mm-hmm. which we mentioned. So just not letting that get so much worse and being okay with stopping. That's the biggest recommendation, especially from like medical professionals. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, which isn't actually moving the needle forward. It's going backwards, but it's really important to consider. Yeah. And then the, the, the anxiety of the unknown and the fear of the unknown is, can go for any change like in a child's life and so that is like across the board recommended to try to work on and as we said you can work on that through talking more about it explaining what digestion is reading books or watching videos about it and changing your wording from yucky stinky to just neutral by the way i do want to say because going back to the stopping when your kid is withholding and you're getting Mm. in that constipation cycle. I just want to say this for people that are listening that feel like that is a failure on like your ability to potty train your kid or like a failure in not following the book or whatever course you're doing. I think that was like with my first two kids, like there was like you like your view of parenting and, and the way that your kids perform for you, right? Like it, it, for some reason it does take root in your, what you think of yourself as a parent. And I think looking at your kid and evaluating the situation and adjusting and not just like blindly following what this book says to do is like one of the best parenting moves that you can do. It's like, the amount of times that I followed a book because I like said it and like I didn't watch my kid like cues or like what they were telling me, like that is the failure for me. And so I think just like disassociating these things that like you've written in your story about whatever journey you're on in parenthood, like 
I know that's like a long-winded say of just saying, watch your kid. Don't think about what everyone else is going to say. Who cares if your kid's potty trained at three or potty trained at two? It doesn't make you a better parent either way. 100%. Yes, 100%. And I just actually talked a little bit about that concept on my Instagram stories because like as a parenting professional, I struggle with what I'm saying is not a blanket one size fits all. It's you read these books, you follow these courses and they're great. And like, I think they provide a lot of value, but you're right. Like every child is so different and tuning into your own kid as a parent is like the magic secret sauce. Personally, I still work. I'm still working on that because I am a first time parent and it's hard to do that. I think first. Oh my God. But you're on your third. And so I can see how just experience helps. <laughs> yeah. If this was my first kid, I think I would have plowed through it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like the potty cho crap says no matter what, don't give back the diaper. And yeah. that is what I would have internalized. And I've been like, I can follow directions. This is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I will say that at, with every kid, you have a new wealth of, of information because they're all different. Right. And they need different things. And you start to realize that honestly, your parenting doesn't have anything to do with it. It's it's totally the kid. And that's like yeah. kind of a freeing concept too, because you're just like, they are who they are. And like, I'm going to do my best to guide these little bodies, but I can't, it's not a reflection of like my ability to parent. Totally. And I have given parents advice, like just stop potty training for a little while. Let's take a break because don't torture your kid and yourself. And yourself, like, more importantly, yourself. <laughs> I'm like, yourself. It's yourself. Yeah. Because they're kind of fine. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That was really helpful. I feel like I would have loved to have listened to this podcast. So I hope that for those listening that are struggling on the poop cycle, this was helpful. Why don't you tell them where they can find you again, just in case anyone has any questions? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I'm active on Instagram at Rooted in Routine. That's also my website, rootedinroutine.com. I have a potty training course that if you're just starting the process and you want to learn my method, you can buy that. And it's like DIY, do it on your own time. And I recently have been doing like in real time quarterly potty training cohorts as well. So the next one will be April, April 2023. So check my website for that as well. And yeah, I'm on Instagram. Come say hi, send me a DM. I'm happy to answer questions and chat more about this topic because I think it needs to be talked about more. Yes. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Yes. Thank you. Okay. That's all for today. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a mama friend and leave us a review. If you're pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you can download the Juna app completely free for seven days. The app is available for iOS and Android and is designed to be your guide for all things health and fitness for this very special time of your life. If you have any suggestions for episodes you would like to hear or anyone you think would be a great guest on the show, please email me directly at sarah at juna.co. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.